This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Many of us at some point in our lives have signed a petition for a cause close to our hearts. And many of us have often found ourselves wondering if adding our names and voices to a petition really makes a difference. After all, there are so many different types. There's animal conservation petitions, local petitions, political petitions. Do they do anything? And today's guest actually has plenty of experience with petitions and using petitions to drive change. And he's here to talk about how and why petitions can matter. This is Sounds Good. I'm Brandon Harvey. I am joined today by Stuart Perlmutter, who founded OD Action and At Advocacy. At Advocacy is an organization that shares petitions. And he's also a board member of the Fairness Campaign, a Kentucky-based nonprofit which works to dismantle systemic racism and end discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. And if you've spent any time on the internet, you'll know that people are always asking us to sign petitions about various good causes and injustices. And you especially see that if you are kind of in our world of people seeking to do good in the world. But to be completely honest, the number of petitions that I see can feel really overwhelming. And I find myself asking, does this petition make a difference? Does this amount to any sort of meaningful change. And I think it's really easy to feel disheartened about whether our individual involvement in ginormous social issues can matter at all in the grand scheme of things. But community-driven change in action has never felt more important than it does now. And so I wanted to know if these small acts of goodness, these small signatures on a piece of paper can actually do anything. So I brought Stuart here to kind of ask him about that. And so in this episode, he shares about why petitions are valuable tools for advocacy and engagement, and also why it's important to keep on pushing for change even after signing a petition. Petitions should never be the end of the road. And my hope is that you'll leave this episode itching to find a petition to sign, and you'll be aware of how advocating for change, you know, can include petitions and can go beyond that. So... Uh, without any further ado, let's dive into this super niche but super interesting episode. Stuart, welcome to the podcast today. I know that you just, you know, maybe broke your arm. You're going to find out later today from the doctor. Uh, and so thank you for uh, squeezing me in and doing this podcast one handed. I'm really happy to be here, Brandon, and and not just because my other destination today is a doctor's office. Uh, it, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to have you on the show because I've been thinking a lot about petitions recently. Good, good, good is, is very much focused not on just celebrating the good in the world, but on our community taking action to do good. And 
petitions are to me something that has always felt like, does this really matter? Does this really make a difference? Does this really move the needle for good? Especially just when you compare it to something like volunteering, donating, protesting, like these things that feel bigger. And then you think about like writing your name on a piece of paper. Can this make that big of a difference? But you have created a company that, you know, is centered on the power of petitions. And in many ways, you've like changed my perspective and helped me understand this as a much more important thing than maybe I'd given weight to before. And so I'm excited to dive into this topic of can petitions be an effective way of making a difference? Yeah, well, I, th- I think that you've asked a really important question, right? I think a lot of people look at these petitions and say, do they matter? And if you take the 10,000 foot view and you really look at it objectively, the answer is petitions are unequivocally a very vital and important part of affecting change. But that being said, if you sign a petition and you feel like you've you've done your job, you haven't. It's not enough. You need to keep going. I mean, honestly, that's something that that we think about all the time at Good 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 because we have a, a large number of followers on Instagram now. We had a lot of growth over the last year. And we have a lot of people who, you know, will repost our content. And I think that's so important and I think it's so valuable. And you know, we exist to help people feel more hopeful and do more good. And so the more people we reach, the better. But if if our community only reposts us on Instagram and never does anything more than that, we consider it a failure on our part. So I completely agree with you. And, and I want to kind of get into some of the value propositions of petitions. But before we do that, I want to get to know you just a little bit better and understand why you created, you know, advocacy, your your organization. But first, maybe just tell me about your background and, and how you even got to the point of creating this. Yeah, sure. I, um, I've been in and around politics for about 15 years now. I, uh, I started writing speeches for congressional campaigns in 2006, uh, which was the first big democratic wave of the millennium. And um, that took me to Washington, D.C., I uh, was communications director up there, uh, left several years ago. And then really in 2017, I I felt the pull to get back into politics in some way. And I feel like many, many people did. <laughs> I'm definitely not alone in that respect. And if you look at the voter turnout numbers that, that have happened since then, I mean, that is however you feel about what happened in 2016 and 17, the engagement, the voter engagement, especially young people engagement that happened in 2018, 19, 20 is just astounding and inspiring. Uh, we, we doubled youth turnout in 2018 from the previous. Whoa, it was that is yeah. wild. It really is. And, and now millennials are the largest voting block in the history of the country outpacing baby boomers. So that's so cool to think about all of my peers being able to affect change in really meaningful ways if we just, you know, get our act together and we focus. <laughs> it, it's it's huge because really right now the the country becomes what millennials decide it should be if if we show up, if we show up. I speak as a much older millennial, but I'm 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 still still under the wire. Anyway, so in in 2017, uh as I was fi- trying to figure out what I wanted to be doing, I was noticing there was so much energy and at the time outrage online 
and there wasn't really a lot of productive outlets for it. Uh, Tina Fey kind of famously <laughs> screamed into a sheet cake on uh, on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> and there was a lot of outrage over that because people shared that impulse. But it was like, no, you can't just shout into, into sheet cakes. <laughs> and so the, the, then it becomes, well, okay, what do you do? And that that's really was the question that that led to ad advocacy, which is there are really uh, socially conscious, values-driven social media influencers on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, who have huge audiences and a lot of sway. And so what ad advocacy came along to do is to say, let's work together and then also work with nonprofits and campaigns to channel that energy, that very palpable passion and energy into something productive. And uh, the petitions really are the entry point into that. I love that. And again, you know, for us, we've seen this with the idea of like reposting something. And and to some degree, again, there's there's so much value in spreading, you know, the content that we create or the content that activists create. But what you're doing essentially is, you know, you're pressing three buttons to make a difference. And what's great about a petition is it takes it a step further to say, hey, if you're just going to be pressing buttons, if you're not going to be, you know, going out to protest or going out to meet with your elected representatives or, you know, pulling money from your bank account to donate, if you're just pressing buttons, like you should do this thing that's a, a big step further, which is a petition. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Stuart is sharing why petitions actually make a difference in Congress. You do not want to miss this. And so we will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sounds Good is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM is the company that lets you support a local bookstore every time you download an audiobook. And I wanted to take a moment to share two audiobooks that I loved listening to on Libro FM over the last few weeks. Uh, the first is this book. It, it's kind of been blowing up. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, it's called Falling by TJ Newman. And TJ Newman is a former flight attendant who wrote this thriller that takes place on a plane. And I was captivated from beginning to end. I listened to the whole thing on a Saturday while like doing chores around the house, taking the dog on a walk. I could not stop listening. I highly recommend that as an audiobook. And then the second book is by a former podcast guest, Clint Smith. So we had Clint on, and at the time he had only released a book of poetry. And this new book is not a book of poetry. It is called How the Word is Passed, A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across America. And he takes this heavy, important topic of 
the history of slavery in America. And he uses his beautiful poetic skill set and an incredible ability to tell stories and weave the history of America into his own personal history, his own personal story, and create this, this beautiful and important book. And Clint does the narration for the audiobook. And if you remember from the podcast episode, his voice is just gorgeous. And I could not recommend this audiobook more. And here's the amazing thing. As a special offer for Sounds Good listeners, Libro FM is offering two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership with the code GOOD. So you can get both of these audiobooks or any two audiobooks you want by just using the promo code GOOD. All you have to do is visit the website, Libro.fm. You can do it in your mobile browser. You can do it on your computer. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. And then just enter the promo code GOOD and you'll get started with two audiobooks and you'll get to support a local bookstore of your choosing and you're helping to support this show. Sounds Good is sponsored by Bev. Bev is a female-founded canned wine brand on a mission to transform the alcohol industry as we know it. They are creating a voice for women in an industry that hasn't necessarily been super welcome to women in the past. And they're doing so in a kind and approachable way. They have four varietals, Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir. Um, and the other day, Portland had this outrageous heat wave. It was 116 degrees. And when it finally cooled down to a, a nice refreshing 95 I went out on my porch and I drank a can of wine and it was the highlight of the heat wave, uh, which I mean, honestly, that's not saying that much because the heat wave was, was absolutely terrible. But here's the thing. If you're not in a heat wave, think about how much better a Bev wine is going to be. It's going to be delicious because it was delicious for me in 95 degree heat after a heat wave. So just, just think about it that way. And here's what's great. All Bev wines are crisp. I don't know if they're going to let me do the ad like this. This is amazing. Um, I'm just going to release it. All Bev wines are crisp. They're dry. They're a little fizzy. They're super refreshing and delicious. And they all have zero sugar with just three carbs and 100 calories per serving. We worked out a special deal for Sounds Good podcast listeners. You can get 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on every order forever. And all you have to do is go to drinkbev.com and use the code GOOD20 at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V.com and use the code GOOD20 to save 20% off your first purchase at checkout. We talked before this episode about kind of how we want to talk about this and you broke it down into three categories of petition value. And so what's the first category? The first is the most obvious. And, and it's it's what people are striving for when they sign that petition, which is affecting direct change. And it's also why people question the value of petitions, because quite frankly, when you sign a petition to reverse somebody's course, to force the government to do something that it is already going the opposite direction on, uh, certainly during the previous four years where, for me, it felt like the uh, the government was kind of a just a bulldozer wrecking through norms and, and, uh, and policies that I cared about. Um, signing a petition can feel like 
a drop in the bucket at best. But what they do is they do create very public pressure on individuals and institutions to create change. And you don't have to look back very far to see a really good example of this, which is it had come out that Toyota was contributing through its pack to more than 30 members of Congress who voted not to certify the election of President Biden. And there was understandable uproar over that. And Toyota responded by saying, well, you know, we we believe that no individual should be judged on solely on one action. Um, but of course, different actions have different magnitude. There's a reason that O.J. Simpson doesn't have any endorsement deals anymore, <laughs> right? Voting to say that democracy is no longer a, a core value of, of American institutions should be a disqualifying factor to being in elected office. And so we created petitions, we circulated them with our influencer partners. We were not alone in this. There was a lot of very public pressure. And within a week, Toyota said, okay, we get it. We're not going to do that anymore. Every, everybody who uh, voted not to certify the election of President Obama is off our list. And what that said, it wasn't just Toyota. What that says to other corporations is this is not going to fly, that the people who did this are not palatable to the American public. And that is a direct result of signing petitions and raising a fuss. And I will also say, we didn't even have a chance to send that petition to Toyota. Uh, it was public. You could see that there were tens of thousands of people who had signed this petition within only a few days. Um, you could see that people with millions of followers were circulating those petitions on social media. And that pressure made a really clear difference. Um, it doesn't always work, but no element of activism does. But I think right there, you can see that it is a, a critical piece. You know, I can put out my tweet saying, hey, Toyota, I think that this is bad for democracy. And as a Toyota owner, proud Toyota Corolla owner, uh, I don't want to see you supporting candidates who don't believe in democracy. But if I just do that singular tweet, you know, that's a singular tweet. But if there's a list of all of the people who agree with me, that packs so much more power. And of course, you know, this is this, you know, circular thing where they're going to at least see to some degree that maybe I'm going to consider buying a different car next time if my values aren't uh, matched in this company. And it's, it's a big number. That's right. And, and your tweet makes a difference too. Like All of these things matter. All of the things that create public pressure. Mm. And, and what a petition does is, and, and specifically when people with large followings circulate those petitions, is it just shows that there are numbers behind it. Uh, so yeah, every, every little bit helps, uh, for sure. In kind of the, the olden days, like pre-Twitter, were petitions built in a way where, I guess in my mind, I imagine a big stack of papers with a bunch of people's signatures, and then one person is going to walk that to their congresswoman or their, you know, local city council member and say, look at this. These are the people who care. Is there an equivalent to that now of like, let me deliver this to the person in a particular, you know, format and with a particular message? People are still doing that. And, and when I was on the Hill not that long ago, uh, we would get them faxed to us. We would get personal delivery. 
And uh, I still don't understand why we even had a fax machine, <laughs> uh, but we did. And and yeah, I mean, that those things can have impact. One thing that we try to do, uh, we have a sister newsletter called OD Action with about a quarter million subscribers nationwide. And so we will ask our members to, when, when we have a petition that reaches critical mass, to forward the petition to their member of Congress. That's a great idea. We're pretty pleased with that. Direct pressure on members of Congress from constituents. It doesn't matter. If you live in California and you're pressuring Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell does not care what you have to say. If you live in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell might wish he didn't care what you have to say, but he has to. It, it is it is his job. And, and a lot of people, a lot of these members of Congress, they're very cognizant of the feedback that they're getting from from their constituents on a day-to-day basis. And if you put 50,000 signatures behind that message, it just ups the value. Whereas if you send that same petition to Mitch McConnell from California, again, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. I have sent my fair share of uh, letters and phone calls to CEOs of corporations and to my members of Congress and my senators, my uh, congressional offices, know me by name uh because i'll call it up uh but to be honest i've never i've never sent like a petition of like hey here's other people who agree with me and that's a great thing that anybody can do and and to be honest sometimes like i've gotten easier access to visit my uh senators in dc for example like showing up at their congressional offices with a meeting because I have followers online. And so I try to use that privilege to to set up meetings and to advocate for things that I think matter in the world. And I get to basically say, hey, I've got this audience behind me who shares these values. And usually it's things that are very universally you know, accepted by my audience. Uh, but if you're somebody without an audience, you have a unique ability to do that exact same thing with a petition saying, look at all these people who also agree with me and are behind me on this. Yeah, I think that that's right. And and I want to be really clear is that the value of you contacting your member of Congress is is huge. And and I'm I don't mean to say that you need a petition to back you on that. If you want to create change, contact your member of Congress and demanding the things that you care about is one of the most important things you can do. But as you said before, there's a higher barrier to entry uh, than signing a petition, right? And so it's not an either or. One of the things that we really like about the petitions is it frequently leads to additional and often deeper actions. That's really good. And and maybe that's a perfect segue to point number two on the value of petitions. Value number two is an entry point into deeper actions. As, as I said, I did that was a good segue. Yeah, um, you didn't even know it, but it was perfect. <laughs> it's not only um, kind of like breaking the dam on actions, uh, but it also creates community. Most of these petitions, especially the ones that we circulate, are sponsored by organizations. And so it's uh, organizations that specialize in creating these actions that make a difference, that organize people to work together. And signing that petition is not only an entry point into you taking action, but it's an introduction to those organizations where, again, if all you know to do is to shout into that sheet cake, I mean, these people that run some of these organizations are really expert organizers. And once you make those introductions, they can 
they can really work with you to create the change that we all want to see. So value number two to me is an entry point into deeper action and community. Good, good, good. Longtime fans will know this, but Stuart, I don't know if, if I told you this, but we make a print newspaper filled with good news. It's called The Good Newspaper. And inside of each of the... Or on each of the pages, after mm-hmm. you read your fair share of good news, uh, we've got what we call a good bar. And the good bar is got three action steps on how to take action on the stories you just read. And it's in a good, better, best format. And the reason we do that is because having that on-ramp to take action is a really good way to kind of get your feet wet before you go all in. So if you're talking about supporting refugees, for example, you know, there are some people in our community who have packed up their life bought a plane ticket to Greece and have decided to care for refugees who are, you know, coming out of Syria and heading to Greece and 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 welcoming there when they come on life rafts. And that is a big step and that is not something that I plan to do, that's not something that many people plan to do and you certainly wouldn't do that first. And so instead of, you know, that might be the best action step that we can offer, but if we can get people's feet wet with uh, you know, the good action step being, hey, sign this petition. Uh, make your voice heard that this is something that you care about. Did you care about welcoming refugees into the United States or providing them particular legal protections or providing them with their basic needs being met? And then maybe the the better option after that would be donate $25 because that $25 provides X many days of meals or X many days of shelter, you know, whatever that thing is. But doing that first step, there's something like on a psychological, neurological level that all of a sudden you don't feel helpless anymore. Just by signing that petition, you go, wow, I have I have some power to affect change. And your brain actually, you know, releases a little bit of dopamine, helps you feel a little bit more hopeful. And then that's what enables you to take a further step and a further step and a further step. So I think that makes total sense to me. I didn't know that you did that. I love that so much. That's such a great call because I think you're right. Most people don't have a lot of time, certainly not the the money or time to fly to Greece and, and welcome refugees. But but yeah, you you do you do the good actions and then maybe every every so often you do the better action and and you increase that. And yeah, I think as an entry point, I I love that you do that. That's so good. And then uh, tell me what number three, like the number three uh, value of petitions is. Yeah, it, it's really just that visibility, awareness. A lot of the petitions that we share are not going to change the person's mind that we're targeting. Um, we're not going to change Lindsey Graham's mind on on gun safety, right? He is a proud AR-15 toting guy who doesn't want any kind of regulations, no matter how many Americans die every day from gun violence. But we can use those things to, we can use those petitions and, and target some of the worst offenders to say, look at what they're doing. Look at how unreasonable they're being. We've got 50,000 signatures saying that we need basic universal background checks that 85% of Americans agree are necessary. And this joker is continuing to oppose them. It shows how unreasonable he's being and it shows how unreasonable the opposition to the change we want to see actually is. 
so it can raise awareness in that way. And then it seems silly that it would work this way, but sometimes the call to action is the education step that you might not have known that Toyota had donated to 34 anti-democracy members of Congress. And you see the petition and that's your education that, that raises your awareness and, and makes you think, even if you don't sign it, but I bet you do once you find out that maybe this is something we need to think about uh, going forward. So education, awareness, and just visibility of the issues that we care about would be the third thing. An example that comes to mind, I didn't even think about this, is I saw a petition circulating uh, in my group of friends that I went to high school with calling for the name of the elementary school I went to to be changed. And Mm. I guess I hadn't really thought about this, but my elementary school was named after a racist slave owner. And to be honest, you know, I, I think that there's some nuance to be said about the names of places and statues and things like that. But the thing that I do know is that in an elementary school, you can't necessarily have a conversation about a slave owner raping their slaves. Like you can't have that kind of conversation about that. You can't educate kids on like, this is a complicated figure. There's only so much nuance. Exactly. Therefore, I don't think that that's an appropriate name for my elementary school. And I had never thought about this because I just grew up going to the school by that name. I didn't even think about it as a public figure. And when I saw my friends from high school talking about this, it, it brought that awareness to me. And then some friends that I hadn't talked to in a long time, we reconnected about this idea thinking, okay, well, as alums of this elementary school like what can we do to affect this change and bring about you know a new name that's more representative of you know the the legacy that we want to leave behind for our community and so it really did build this sense of community among the people who were signing this thing and it brought awareness to you know a community that that you know wasn't ignoring this just hadn't really considered it so that makes total sense to me and and did and did it work? Did did you get the change you wanted? Not yet, but they ah. we did launch. They did launch a new elementary school in our town, and it has a very like normal name, not named after a racist. So like, at least the new buildings aren't being uh, right. named something new. But honestly, this is only uh, you know this petition is probably less than a year old, uh, and things move slowly. So I think that there's probably some progress being made. I think that's a really good point. I mean, right there, you you hit on two of the points, awareness, community building. Mm. And the thing is, when are these fights over, right? More often than not, it's a part of an ongoing battle to affect change. And so I love that you're not there yet. That's a really, really good point. And I, I think about it too, is like, what a great entry point to further action as well. Like if I've got, you know, I don't live in my hometown anymore, but if I did, maybe I'd consider a run for school board because I care about this. Or maybe somebody who's running for school board will see this petition and say, you know what, this is something, this is a cause I'd like to champion uh, among many other things that are good for education. And so it's really interesting to think about the opportunity that that brings, you know, and, and again, this is just a, this is a small potatoes thing. This is, you know, my elementary school, you know, we had three classes of 25 kids, you know, that's 75 kids a year. Like it's, it's a small school, but petitions can work on a small scale like that, or they can work on something as big as, you know, lobbying, you know, Joe Biden to take actions on things that you care about. Uh, it seems like there's a big spectrum here. I think that that's a great example is um, 
President Biden is is somebody who is clearly thinking about legacy and is you know for better or for worse some some would criticize it as as not being as grounded in in the things that he wants to do other people really like that he's a listener but he seems to be willing to take those things into consideration so on something like student loan debt where he hasn't really come down firmly on a side uh we've got a petition that we're circulating to cancel $50,000 in student loan debt and and we think that we can actually make a difference in his and his administration's thinking on that. I love that. I love that. And it it also just brings to mind the idea that, you know, when we're voting for elected officials, you know, voting for elected officials that are willing to listen and to consider people's opinions, especially when it's a large group of people coming together to say that they want to see a particular kind of change. That's a valuable aspect that, you know, we can it sets us up for success so that we can make petitions and other forms of protest uh, effective down the road. That's 100% right. Yeah, we got to show up and vote for the listener to start. Um, and I do want to emphasize just what I said it at the beginning, but it's it's petitions and it's not petitions instead of. Mm. Petitions are a piece of, of the, it is one tool that is available to us in the actions that we can take to affect the change we want to see. That's Stuart Perlmutter, the founder of At Advocacy. You can find At Advocacy's website at atadvocacy.com. And petitions are truly a great way to make a difference, to do a little bit of good. So the next time that you see a petition being shared, don't be afraid to take a moment to sign it. Know that your signature can genuinely make a difference. And in case you are itching to get started signing petitions, we've also included a few recent petitions you can sign in our show notes. Uh, they link straight to at advocacy. And again, they're in the show notes in your podcast player. This podcast was created by Good 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 at Good Good Good. We help you feel more hopeful and do more good. You can find more good news and ways to make a difference in our weekly email newsletter, our beautiful print good newspaper, or online at goodgoodgood.co. This episode was created by Megan Burns, Sarah Lee, and me, Brandon Harvey. And it was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. Make sure to hit the follow button wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can get a new episode of Sounds Good delivered straight to your phone each Monday while you sleep. And if you have a favorite episode, if you found this episode particularly interesting, share it on your Instagram stories. Tell a friend. It's so appreciated. And honestly, we get so many people who say that they found Sounds Good through a friend. And with that, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Go out and find a petition to sign and share. And we'll be back next week with more good news and good action. Sound good? Sound good?